when the winter is really hard, it's going to die down and it's not going to reap you any tomatoes for the following year, whereas the apple tree will stay. So what takes time will give you fruit for a long period of time. So if you're tired and feel weary and feel like giving up, don't give in just yet. Believe in God and know that at the right time, you will be able to reap your harvest. So be patient to reap your rewards. All right. So as I just shared that message with you, I would like to switch to our opening prayer, which will be done by Mufaro. Um, shall we pray? Our gracious Father, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for the blessed Sabbath. We thank you for allowing us um, this opportunity to convene and um, reflect on the week that we've just had and fellowship together, dear God. And be with us as we uh, go through this, um, this, this session, this program. Guide us and protect us. I pray in love and name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mufaro. And next on to our first praise song, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace. I used to sing this every day in high school because this used to be our morning song. So I totally love this song and it has beautiful lyrics. So let us all tune together and sing Make Me a Channel of Your Peace. Make me a channel of your peace Where there is hatred, let me bring your testimonies. Our first testimony will be from Jonathan. Good evening everyone. Um, today I'll be talking about testimony. That's happened throughout this year I would say. So last year I started year nine in school and I was uh, I was pretty overweight and I, I wanted to get a bit fitter. So I joined some school uh, physical education clubs so I started with football, 
volleyball and futsal, which is indoor football. And I started going to them for two weeks. And then one of my PE teachers asked me, why can you go to basketball? I, I never really played basketball before. So I didn't really want to join it because I wasn't good. I never tried it before. I did it in primary school, but wasn't the best. So um, I went for one. I went one time and it wasn't too bad. So I went the next week and I continued going and I started getting interested in it. Um, so two months later, I asked my dad for him to get me a basketball so I can go to my lo local court and practice maybe once a week. I started doing that for a couple of months, started getting more interested, started watching videos on YouTube, started watching a few NBA games here and there. And yeah, I was enjoying basketball. Then lockdown came around and I thought I'm going to be a bit bored in lockdown. I got a bit worried on uh, what am I going to do because I, I was just stressed. And then, um, so after doing my work every day, uh, my schoolwork, I would uh, go to the court and just put a few shots up and go maybe an hour a day. But my mum didn't want me to go because of corona. Then there was people there, social distancing and just, you know, just, just to stay safe. So I asked my dad to get me um, a basketball hoop to play in the garden. I got one and I started playing there every day, the whole of lockdown. And I was just outside all the time. When lockdown started to ease up, I started going to the court again and play with just random people, people older than me, stronger, better. And with that, I started getting better myself and improving uh, basketball. And then when I started to get uh, a bit better, everyone was saying, oh, Johnny, because that's what they called me at school. Johnny, you should start go you should uh, try to uh, join a basketball team nearby. So I check websites and I see this basketball team nearest to me and I see that there's training on Mondays, but the games were on Saturdays. So I was thinking, and I talked to my parents about this, that if I do get into the team, I will go for training, but I won't go for games because it's Sabbath, because it's a Saturday. So I tried for the team and I got in. So I was very happy about that. And I asked my coach, Oh, uh, when when will games be played? To just see what he says. He said there's games on Saturday, but this year we've also changed the games on Sunday. So I was really happy about that, and I thank God because I was praying about it to see whether I could start playing games. Because I don't really just want to go training. I want to start playing games as well. So throughout this year, I started year ten now, and I've started been going for my team training, and I've been getting better, and I feel and better about myself. And I've lost some weight. I'm proud of myself. And I just thank God for just everything he's done. And for helping, because I was pretty stressed about not going to games. And I just thank God that he answered my prayers. And we should just uh, have faith in God because he has his own way. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Jonathan, for that lovely testimony. I think what seems... Um, impossible for us humans is just a piece of cake for God. So what we think is not possible is anything is definitely possible for him. So praise God that you could join that team and you can play matches as well. So that's great. Now on to our second praise song by Shisola, Lord, I Need You. You're having to look at my face for a while.
cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet, and any time I don't know what to do, I will Okay, um, now on to our next testimony by Nathaniel. Hi guys. Um, well, my testimony is that I've been a bit down lately and not really focusing on God. And I decided to that I've not been praying enough, so I started praying again. And this morning something weird happened that a radio station come on my friend's van like that I had to move his van and he he isn't religious or anything and um like it was it it was like premier radio or something and a song came on about like um Jesus and and just it just uh m made me believe like God was saying just to like cast all, all my worries upon him and he'll like um like look after me and keep me on the right path and that so that's basically my testimony thank you um very much nathaniel for that testimony um everything's small or big um is taken into account and even i do realize myself as well sometimes um you do feel like you're drifting away from god but it is never too late to get back to him and to ask him for forgiveness or to just guide us throughout from now on. He will never say no. So thank, thank God that he's always there for us, even though we are not there always for him. Now on to a special prayer by Deborah. So she will be praying um, for lockdown, which has started from last Thursday, lockdown number two. She will be also praying for the US elections and she will also be praying for all of our well-being throughout this second lockdown period. So on to Deborah now for a special prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this blessed evening. I thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to see another blessed Sabbath. Father, I come in your hand lifting up uh, the USA election. Father, you say, blessed are those that are peacemakers because they be called the children. They will be called your children. Father, I just ask peace in the land of America. I ask that there will be understanding and whoever will win, Father, that it will be according to your will. Father, I also want to ask for protection as we are going into a second lockdown. Father, I have completely trust that as you care for us in the first one, you will care for us also in this one. I ask that you will protect the mental health of the youth, that you will stay near the family that are suffering in silence. Father, I don't have eyes to see what is going on, but I know that you care for each and every one of us. So I put in your hand the government. They, they will have compassion of us. They will think about uh, the, the weak and the poor in our community and that they will do something for them. I also want to put uh, Chamsu Youth in your hand. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in our life. We thank you for uh, the love that is between us. Uh, protect us uh, as we enter in this lockdown. Make our hearts draw near to you. Uh, encourage us always to read your scripture and to love one another. I ask you this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deborah. Um, now, we have a special song by Chisha. And he's going to say, recite the song alongside with Steve. And it is by Adventist gospel artist, 
Kemi Ujandi, here to stay. And it is a message from Jesus to whoever is listening um, at this moment. So on to Chesha for our special song, Here to Stay. Tisha and Steven. Uh, nice look with the new moustache, Steven. <laughs> All right. Um, now on to the special part of the day, uh, getting to know our speaker and listening to the message that he has to share with us. Our speaker for the day is Joe Philpott, and he's a pastor from NEC, a recent father, and also supports Liverpool. All right. Extra info right there. <laughs> All right, so um, Joe, could you just tell us a bit about your journey into just being a pastor and um, how your recent experience with the lockdown, just to get your, to, just to get you know, uh, get to know you a bit more better. 
Sure, sure. Good evening, everybody. Uh, that that first question that you asked, Rosie, journey to becoming a pastor. You 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 ask pastors that question. It's it's normally a long question, you know, long answer. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, the short version is uh, the short version is after working as a Bible worker for a couple of years. No, it was whilst I was working as a Bible worker for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and I was praying to to God uh, about what what to do. I took a gap year from university. I was going off to travel and do different things. And kind of that's when, when I had my conversion experience and became a Christian. And, and my one gap year kind of turned into two and that turned into three. And it was really during that period of time after I really gave my life to Jesus and had been doing Bible working for a couple of years that, that I felt Lord, the Lord calling me into ministry. So mm-hmm. um, that was that was a few years ago. So um, the journey to becoming a pastor is quite long, actually. You know, you need yeah. a master's degree, generally speaking. So um you, you get your bachelor's get your master's get a couple of years under your belt type of thing and then then off you off you go so that's yeah. where i am today that's great um we're happy to have you with us today um and also how how did you find the recent lockdown and how are you getting along with it do you feel prepared sure. for lockdown number two <laughs> well me me and the missus the other day were talking about this and and we were joking how you know for everybody we're, we're all talking about the new norm right what, what the world's going to be like post-covid but for us you know even without the coronavirus we've got a new norm because the first time we went into lockdown my wife was pregnant and so we we you know it was it was a blessing in disguise for us because yeah. she had a really difficult pregnancy and so it allowed me to be at home a little bit more working from home um do ministry from home so i was able to be around and support her a lot more which was really 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 helpful so now coming into the second lockdown now we've got a four month old who um is teething at the minute so she cries and 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 trying to juggle you know taking phone calls and meetings and 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 (laughs) in the next room she's screaming away and doing her thing and um so am i prepared for the second lockdown oh i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) all right but i'm sure i'll be good yeah, I hope I hope you get through. You went through lockdown one, and yes, I mean, even though it sounds like um, lockdown sounds like a terrible word itself, but then it's a blessing to many people. I mean, I, I suppose it was a blessing for you as well to just be there with your wife throughout the entire period, and even while the second baby is gonna have a hard time and you're gonna have a hard time, but the good thing is you're all in it together, so that's great and. Now, I'll just hand it over to you, Joe, to share with us the message for today. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, good evening, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here, um, to, to, to be, you know, back in, 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 in Chelmsford, right? Um, you know, as a couple of us were joking before, before we, we went live this evening, talking about when, when it was last that I visited. And, and me and Nords were talking about this the other day, just leading up to tonight, and we couldn't quite work it out. We know it's sometime between three and five years, because it was after when we got married, which was like just over five years ago. But then we moved back up north about just over three years ago. So it was kind of in that window, so I can't quite remember. Um, but at least for those who were in Chancellor Church when I was there, because uh, I know, you know, with, with uni students, you kind of travel out and, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, but at least when I was, I don't know if you remember this, uh, but I've still got it, you know. Um, I've still got the, uh, the the Where's Wally. Now, for those that weren't there, the reason why I got it was it was a gift from the church because I kind of talked about Where's Wally and how that I used to really like it as a kid. Um, and, and we kind of did, uh, we talked about it in one of the sons. I really don't remember why I brought it up, but it, but it was there. And, and it was, you guys gave it to me as a gift and I've still got it, which is really, really cool. What I should have done was I should have kind of like wrote in the, 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 the date when it was given to me because that would have been a good reminder but um no we've we still got it all these uh, all these years later um but i'm glad to be here glad to be with you guys i appreciated the testimonies jonathan johnny you know kudos to you and respect to you you know you you felt like you were a little bit overweight and you went out and did something about it you know a lot of us kind of sit on our hands a little bit and moan about some of these things but you really you know took it uh took the ball by its horn so to speak so you know respect to you for that and, and for making that decision you know even if the games are on sabbath i'm not gonna play so uh that's 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 a big decision to make from a young man so respect you for that and and nathan for for your testimony as well you know i really really appreciate it i, I i've been in those type of moments and you feel really down and dejected and god just does these little moments and even just like this evening right um i guess nathan just speaking to you but but this is, I guess, for everybody, you know, I was just sat here this evening just trying to 
collect my thoughts 10 minutes before I joined you guys on Zoom. And, and, and I sat there with my Bible and I was just flicking through, just kind of open it. And I had it open to Genesis 28 and verse 16. It was something that I, that I preached on the other day. And it was, it's not, nothing that I was planning to share in today's message. Um, but I just kind of had it open in the moment. I just felt God was leading me to that passage to read it for some reason. And, 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 and the verse says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Now, obviously, I'm not going to preach the sermon that I preached the other day tonight, but 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 the, the point of this verse is, and, and you can read the rest of the chapter and kind of get the full context at, at another point, but but here Jacob had, was having an experience with God, and he's gone to sleep, and as he's woke up, he's made this acknowledgement, God is in his very presence in that very moment, but he didn't know it. And it wasn't that God came into the place and 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 showed himself after Jacob had invited him to be there. But it was this idea that even though he didn't realize it, God had been with him on this journey. And, and it's this realization that, that sometimes we, we invite God to be with us as if to say that God wasn't already there in the first place. Jacob got this. He understood that I don't invite God to be with me. I'm in a relationship with God. I'm on a journey with God. And he's right there alongside me. So for you, Nathan, even if you don't feel like it, and for anybody else, even if you don't feel like God's presence is with you, just know, just like Jacob, even if you don't see it, even if you don't recognize it at first, he's right there with you. So I praise God for passages like that. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I'm just really glad to be here. Uh, I don't want to go off on a, on a tangent and kind of uh, try and preach two sermons in, in one night because that, that doesn't do anybody any justice. And kind of, you know, we're going to be here all night. And uh, that's that's definitely not the plan. You know, in, in preparation to tonight, um, you know, me and Trisha have been talking a little bit. And, and uh, you know, one of the things I like about Trisha, you know, he's, he's got me into voice noting. Uh, I, I don't know whether he does this for anybody else, but but we've been voice noting, right? And it's so much more personal than just sending text messages. Oh, life's busy, so you can't always make time to, to, to have a phone call with somebody. You know, you've both got to be available at the same time. But voice notes allow you to have that, that personal element to a conversation without, you know, having to necessarily listen or, or be in communication at, at, at the same time. So I, I really actually enjoyed that with Chisha. Um, one of the questions that I asked him leading up to tonight was, you know, what's the theme? What, you know, what is the subject that you want me to speak on? Tonight, and Jish came back to me and said, I know it sounds a little bit redundant, but the theme is lift up Jesus. And the idea of it being redundant is, is, is this idea that in every sermon and every service, we should be lifting up Jesus. So, so it's kind of like give it that theme is, is kind of like just repeating what it should already be anyway. So, so let me begin by making this statement. Let me begin by making this statement. And it might seem a little bit contradictory, but, but stay with me. And that is, Jesus is just one of many. There have been many like him in the past, and there'll be many like him in the future. Jesus is just one of many. Today, we're going to spend our time in the Gospel of Matthew. So if you've got your Bibles, open with me to the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to be spending our time in Matthew chapter 16. And potentially it's a passage that many of you know quite well. It's a story that maybe you know quite well. But I think if you're going to look at the story of Jesus, right, and, and, and this idea of, of, of lifting up Jesus, I think Matthew 16 is a really, really good story for that. You find it in a couple of the other Gospels. You find it in Mark and Luke. But today we're just going to be spending our time in Matthew. So Matthew chapter 16 and, uh, and verse 13 begins by saying this. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples. So just pause there for a second. Jesus, after being doing all of this ministry, he's been he's been he's been healing, teaching, preaching. He's been doing a lot of things. And now he's taking his disciples away to a place called Caesarea Philippi. Now, Caesarea Philippi. Wow, it's like uh, baby brain. Yeah, baby brain isn't just a mom thing. This is also a sleep-deprived dad thing as well. So Jesus is taking his disciples away to this place, Caesarea Philippi. And this place is about 120 miles north of Jerusalem in a place called Palestine. To put it into context, it's it's the journey from Liverpool, uh, from London to Birmingham, or from Chelmsford to like Coventry or Leicester. That's about 120 miles. So Jesus has taken his disciples to this place. Now, this this place, they they weren't of Jewish faith, right? They, they, they didn't worship 
like Jesus did or the disciples did. They, they, they had a number of other various religions and faiths, including Baal worship. But one of the significant um, gods that they worshipped was the Greek god called Pan. And he had many shrines there. Before the place was called Caesarea Philippi, it was also known as Panaeus. Panaeus, Pan being the name coming from the very god itself, Pan. Now, without realizing it, many of you actually know who this God is. You know, if you've watched or, or read the book, you know, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe by, by C.S. Lewis, um, Mr. Thomas, the half goat, half human person that kind of speaks with Lucy and kind of introduces Lucy to Narnia, he is a representation, a replica. He, he is in the form of this Greek God called Pan, this half goat, half, half person. Um, Greek mythological god that they used to worship. Different though, Pan from all of the other gods, all the other Greek gods, that is, was Pan is one of the, the only Greek god who actually dies. He was the only Greek god who actually dies. So Jesus has taken his disciples to this place. And in verse 13, he asks them the question, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? You know, if somebody were to ask you this question, you probably think this person was either mad or arrogant. You know, a few years ago, I was, in, I was uh, down in Birmingham, and this was before I became a Christian, right? So one of the Friday nights, I'm down in Birmingham with a bunch of mates, and there's like, there's, there's a big group of us. But at some point in the night, very early in the, some point in the night, we've kind of all got split up into smaller groups. And, and so I've ended up with just a couple of my mates, and, and now it's the early hours of the morning. And not many good things happen in the early hours of any sort of morning. And, and, and we've ended up, one of my mates has ended up in a confrontation with another group of blokes. And, and as soon as me, me and my third friend have realized what's going on, it's kind of escalated to the point where the main guy in the other group had kind of moved his jacket a little bit. He had a broken glass bottle under in his jacket type of thing and there he is opening his jacket a little bit so so you could so everybody could see what he was what he, what he had in his hand and he's like you know do you know who i am do you know who i am and 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 in this in this moment he's he's, he's like trying to like be the big i am right he's he's given all of this and he's, he's trying to make himself to be this this big guy this you know everybody knows who he is he's you know this this kind of bad bad boy and and whatever else and but he's asking the question you know who i am really in this confrontational manner. And here Jesus, talking with his disciples, is kind of asking them the same type of question. He's asking them, you know, who do people say that I am? But, but you've got to wonder, you know, is Jesus really giving it the big I am? I don't think so. Jesus isn't giving it that. But, but he is asking them this question for a reason. But one of the things that really becomes clear in this story and in, throughout all of the Gospels is this idea that you can never make a true decision about Jesus Christ by taking a poll of what other people think of him. You know, before the US election with, with Biden and Trump, before everybody went to the polls on Tuesday, a lot of the pollsters uh, had kind of, you know, gone about doing their thing and trying to determine and, and trying to guess ahead of time and predict ahead of time who was going to win the election. And, and a lot of the polls were saying that Biden was going to win by landslide. In 2016, when, when it was Trump versus Hillary Clinton, the pollsters were saying, Clinton's got this. Hillary Clinton will win the 2016 election. Now, we know in 2016, she ended up losing it. And we know in this election, we don't know who's going to end up becoming the president, whether it's Biden or Trump, right? It's not being declared just yet. But what we do know is, one way or another, it's not a landslide for either of those candidates. The thing is about pollsters, they get it wrong. They get it wrong. And you can't make your decision about Jesus based on what somebody else says about him. But too many of us do that. You know, we listen to what our friends say and our friends say, you know, being a Christian is kind of like you got to be stupid, right, to believe in something like that. Or, you you know, you need a crutch in life. You, you're kind of like one of those weak people that, that got to have a belief in something. You know, some maybe for some of us, our faith is kind of just like built on whatever our parents have told us. We've kind of grew up in the faith. And, and so what we believe is kind of what, what somebody else has told us, what our parents have told us. So we ended up taking on these. I remember one guy that I used to know and hang out with, and, and he wasn't a Christian, but his belief system was based on was based on a movie that he'd seen in Hollywood. And, 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 and so some of us, our understanding of Jesus, our understanding of the world that we see around us, our reality, Build a faith based on what somebody else says. 
But here Jesus is asking the question, now, who do everybody else, who does everybody else say that I am? And in verse 14, so they said to him, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so they come back and they and they share with Jesus, you know, the general consensus is you kind of like one of these prophets, Jeremiah or John the Baptist or or Elijah or, or one of the other one of the other prophets. Now, I don't think Jesus was asking the question because he hadn't heard the rumors. Right. You know, the, the, the funny thing is, is, is even even as a pastor, you know, you hear all the rumors in church. You know, even when people don't think, you know, you, 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 you know. I'm not saying you know everything, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go to that extent, but but you hear things. And, and I think Jesus had his ear to the ground. He kind of knew what was taking place. And the thing is, there is nothing inherently wrong with any of these prophets. You know, John the Baptist was a great guy. He preached and prepared the way for Jesus. Jeremiah was a blessed prophet who guided God's people through during difficult moments in their history. You know, Elijah was whisked off to heaven. He must have been a pretty good guy in order for God to deem him worthy to go to heaven earlier than everybody else. And so what people's perception of Jesus wasn't necessarily that he was a bad person or that he was really doing bad things. You know, they never deemed him to be a Pol Pot or, or an Adolf Hitler or, or some other sort of mass murderer or some other sort of bad guy. But they, they perceived him to be actually a good person, a, a religious person, a, a religious leader, somebody who was spiritual, somebody who had a connection with God in heaven. But the thing is, whilst they were good people and faithful people and godly people, none of these individuals were the Messiah. You see, people thought of Jesus as being just one of many, one of the many prophets, one of the many prophets who had come in the past and one of the many prophets who will probably come in the future. They, they saw Jesus as just one of these other prophets. And then Jesus asks another question. In verse 15, he says, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say? Now, Jesus is, is personalizing this question. You know, all throughout Jesus's ministry, people have been asking him questions. You now, we see throughout the gospel, people asking him, you know, can you go out and do a sign of wonder for us? You know, can you heal this person or that person? How are we going to achieve this? How are we going to do this or do that? You know, people are always asking Jesus questions. As we go through life, we're constantly asking questions. From the moment that you can talk and you can ask that question, why? You know, it's that, that cliche about, about kids, right? You know, my, my little girl's not there. She's only four months old and all she can do is like scream and, 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 and <laughs> so she can scream for two reasons. She can scream in happiness or she can scream because she's upset, but it's really just one scream or the other, right? That's that's just how babies talk. But but she's not at that stage of asking that that cliche question, you know, why, mom? You can't do that. Why, mom? Well, because of this, but why? You know, we're always asking questions and 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 you know, we ask our friends, you know, what time does the match kick off? You know, what does Brexit mean for you and I? Are you guys heading to the party later? You know, what, coach, why did you leave me out of the team on this occasion? You know, are we gonna have dinner? What are we having for dinner tonight, mom? Now, we're always asking questions, but I think the reality is not all questions are created equal. There are some questions that are inherently more important than others. You know, questions like, you know, why does God allow suffering? Why doesn't God love me? You know, can you prove God's existence? Is there life after death? Why is there evil in this world? You know, there are definitely some questions that are, that are definitely more important than others. But now Jesus, instead of being on the receiving end of questions, he's now asking his own. And the first question he's asking generally, you know, what do people say that I am? But now he personalizes the first question and he directs it poignantly at his disciples and asks them, but who do you say that I am? I think in all of the Gospels, this is the most important question that he's asked. This is the most important question that is asked, because the answer to this question significantly impacts your life. Now, for many people, when they ask, answer this question, you know, it's, well, I don't really care. Now, other people are like, well, I don't really know. You know, there's, there's, there's strong arguments on both sides of, you know, he's God or he's not God, right? 
other people say, well, he's a decent guy. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't seem to want to hurt people. He just wanted to help people. You know, he's like Gantenby and, and all of these other guys. He's, you know, he's a good guy. But the answer to this question has huge ramifications for your life. You see, I don't think Jesus was asking this question either because he was having an identity crisis. You know, he didn't wake up on the morning. He didn't get into that boat and kind of like all of a sudden have amnesia. He didn't forget who he was. You know, sometimes, you know, you watch these movies and and, and I watched one recently. And um, it was with Tom Hanks and, and he starts off in the movie and, and he, he doesn't know who he is. You know, so you, you see this in so many different types of movies, right? You know, the, the, the main character wakes up. He has no idea who he is, what's happened, where he's at it. And, and the whole story is about figuring out who he is, what he's all about and what he's got to do, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I don't think Jesus woke up in this day and he's had, he's all of a sudden had an easy and he's having this identity crisis. And he's like, I have no idea who I am. Can I, can you guys help me pe to, to piece it back together? But instead he asks this question, I think, to draw out a confession, a confession from Peter. See, Paul says in Romans chapter 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I think Jesus is helping Peter to confess with his mouth that Jesus is Lord. You see, Peter recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah by revelation, not by a sign. Jesus hasn't done some incredible thing in that moment. You know, in that moment, Jesus didn't feed the 5,000. In that moment, he didn't heal somebody who was blind. In that moment, he didn't bring somebody back to life. In that moment, he didn't do any of these crazy, incredible things. In that moment, he knew he the answer to the question because of revelation. In fact, Jesus says in verse 17, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, Peter, you plagiarize the answer. You kind of copied somebody else. But in this case, it's okay to plagiarize the answer. In this case, it's okay to have got that answer from somebody else. <laughs> Imagine if we could do that in our exams or, or a university, right? Get the answer from somebody else, you know, just have a little sneak over and look at the answers on, on your friend's table that they've been writing um, just next to you. But here, Peter, he, he gets this answer because God has revealed it to him, revealed it to him. But it's interesting, you know, because this guy, this guy, Peter, was the type of guy that often got it wrong. We often said the wrong thing. You know, when Jesus was crucified on that Friday afternoon, on the Thursday, Peter was the one that denied knowing Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. Three times, not once, not twice, but three times, he said the wrong thing. He got it wrong. You know, Peter was the guy, right? Peter, with all the disciples, he was the guy in the crowd who would be like, Let's talk about who's going to be the biggest and the greatest and who's going to have all the power in the kingdom of God. Now, he was all about prestige and power and position. And these are the types of conversations he was having. And yet in the very next sentence, Jesus was having conversations about service, about helping other people, about ministry. But he just wanted to talk about, you know, how good he was and all of his qualifications and his and all of the letters that he's got after his name. Now, Peter got it wrong. You know, in, in Gethsemane, Peter was called by Jesus. Hey, hey, Jesus, Jesus said to Peter, hey, Peter, you know, I need you to pray for me. I'm struggling right now. And, and, he, and he leans into his friend at this time of, of need. And instead of praying for him and helping him and encouraging him, Peter just goes for a little nap. He's sleeping. He's snoring. He's not there. And, and then when everything kicks off and, and the soldiers are there and Judas is there, you know, Peter could have done any one of a number of different things. But instead, he chooses, let me chop off the ear of this soldier. I mean, of all things that Peter could have done, he chose to slice off somebody's ear with a sword. I mean, talk about escalation or what, right? And yet in this moment, in this moment, despite oftentimes getting it wrong, he got the answer right. He says in verse 16, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, the son of the living God. And I love the fact that Peter added the word living into his answer. You see, Peter was making a differentiation. He knew that he was in this area called Caesarea Philippi, where they were worshiping a dead God. But here Peter is making this differentiation. He's like, whilst everybody else is worshiping this dead God, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
And in the next couple of chapters, Peter, uh, Jesus goes on to teach his disciples that, you know, in the next few days, in the next few, in the coming, in the coming moments, that eventually I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to put him put on trial. I'm going to die, but I'll be resurrected from the dead. And it's, it's as if Jesus is saying, I'm glad that you get this idea that I'm the son of the living God. And just in case you are fearful, when you see that I'm going to die, just remember that I'm always the living God. But I think that, but, but when, but when I see Jesus's question, right, you know, Jesus, when you ask questions, you've got to be the smartest person in the room. It, you can't ask questions and not be the smartest person in the room. Teachers ask questions because they already know the answers. That's how they can ask the questions. But you wouldn't ask the question if you didn't know the answer. And so I know that because when Jesus asks his question, he says, you know, but who do you say that I am? I think this is how Jesus takes it to a whole new level. Because this phrase, I am, has huge significance all throughout scripture. I am is an important phrase. God first declares himself by this name in Exodus. When he appears to Moses at the burning bush, Moses says to him, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of our fathers has sent them to, has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? What shall I tell them? God says to him, I am who I am. Say to the Israelites, I am has sent me. Exodus chapter three. And Jesus uses this phrase, I am, all throughout the Gospels. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door to the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, not 28 fundamentals. I am the true vine. And let's not forget where he said, before Abraham was born, I am. And so here he's asking his disciples, but who do you say that I am? See, Jesus knew exactly who he was. But he's personalizing this question to help them to value who he was, to understand his identity. You know, recently I've been reflecting on this, on this idea, this question myself, which is, you know, if there was no heaven and there was no eternity and there was nothing else after this life, would I still give my life to Jesus? Like, would I still value Jesus if there was nothing be beyond this three score and 10 years? Like, would I still value Jesus if I didn't have a mansion in the New Jerusalem? If I didn't have this or didn't have that? And, and, and the question is really asking, uh, is, is really getting to the root of, is do I value Jesus because of what I get from him after this life? Like, is my relationship with Jesus based on what, what I get from him? And I think for many of us, when, when he asks us that question, who's Jesus to you, to me, I think many of us seem more like a genie. Like this idea that you can kind of like ask him and receive things. Like we, we talk to him when we need stuff, when we're in trouble, but kind of like outside of that, we just get on with our own life. And, and, and I think most of us kind of want the crown, but without the cross. You know, we'll take the eternity with Jesus. We'll, we'll take the glory in the streets of gold and we'll take the mansion in the new heaven and the new earth. And, and we'll take all of these things. But when Jesus calls us to deny ourselves and take up our cross, well, we're not quite there just yet. We see Jesus more as a genie, just on what we can get from him. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? If Jesus was sat here, sat with you in your living room, in your bedroom, wherever you might be. And he said to you, you know, who are you? Who do you say that I am? He said to you, Nathan, who do you say that I am? Samuel, who do you say that I am? Melwin, who do you say that I am? Kango, who do you say that I am? Farai, who do you say that I am? Steffi, who do you say that I am? If he were to ask you that question today, what will be your answer? And I don't want one of those cliched answers. If you said to you, you know, give me, you know, you said, well, you're my best friend. Well, what does that mean? If you were to say, well, Jesus, I think you are the way, the truth and life. Well, what does that mean to you? Who am I to you? Am I just that person you turn to when you're struggling in your exams? That person you turn to when you're struggling at work or you're struggling with your health or you're struggling with your finances or you're struggling with your parents or with your spouse your boyfriend your girlfriend am i just the guy that you turn to 
when you're struggling with something. Now, many of us probably have friends like that, right? People in our lives, they kind of, you know, they ghost us when, when life's good. You know, they always seem to be busy doing something. But, you know, when, when they're in a difficulty, a diff, you know, a difficult spot, you know, they always seem to show up. Some of us treat Jesus like that. I want to challenge you to reflect on that question because I think it'll have huge ramifications for your life. I remember going to churches as a teenager as my parents really got into church. I used to think, well, he's a decent guy, right? Maybe when I'm older, yeah, I might kind of tap into that. Maybe turn up to church and see what it's all about. But at that stage in my life, nah, Jesus is nothing. Nothing to me, at least. You may be at that stage in your life, I don't know. Maybe you're at the stage where you're asking the question. Maybe you're at that stage where you're ready to give him your all. And you say, even if there's no crown waiting for me, I'm happy to take up that cross. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Joe, for that uh, powerful message that you shared with us. It really uh, sparked me when you said, how do you see Jesus? Do you just see him like a genie who just answers all your troubles and your wishes and everything? And I think the first answer that came to my mind when you asked, um, who is Jesus to you? The first answer that just came to my mind was the light of my life. Like, the you know, I thank him um, for everything in my life. I pray to him, the, the person that I seek to for everything, the father, the light of my life. Um, like, as if he's a person around which my life is really centered around because I could be wrong, men could be wrong, but... God is never wrong. So yeah, thank you very much for that. It was really inspirational and it was really thoughtful as well for you to like think in another dimension and kind of like share that thought and message with us. So thank you very much for it. That was great. And we have a special song just before, um, just a, a song that we could all sing along to as well. Um, Lord, I Need You by uh, Shisola, Stephen and team. And the lyrics for the song is going to be there on the group chat. So you can sing, you can look at it, sing along with us. So let us praise God, thank God together with our last praise and worship song. So Lord, I Need You. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. 
What a beautiful song indeed to close with. Now, finally, we'll have our closing prayer uh, by Mianda and then on to our announcements. So on to Mianda for our closing prayer. Thank you. Shall we pray? Our Lord and Savior who dwells in the Most High, Father in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for this evening. Thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed on us through the speakers of uh, that you gave us. Lord, I just want to thank you in a special way for the timely message that you have given us, reminding us, Lord, that we need a personal relationship with you and not based on what other people have experienced. We thank you for reminding us that the road to heaven is indeed a walk of two, you and um, the person who wants to go there. Lord, we pray that you're even going to help us reflect on this word even after this session. We pray that, Lord, our lives are going to be transformed by the answers we're going to give to this uh, question. We also pray, Lord, that you're going to continue being our guide. You're going to continue blessing us, that we're going to see your power in our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus that you'll be uplifted through the way we live our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus that you're even going to help us be ambassadors, your ambassadors, wherever we go. May we represent you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for everyone that is gathered here. We thank you even for those people that wanted to be here but then couldn't because of different circumstances. We pray that the blessings that we have been given today, they also receive in their own special way. We thank you, Lord, even uh, for your presence and everything that you keep doing for us. May you continue being with us even as we enjoy this Sabbath day. To through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mianza, for that thoughtful prayer. Now, thank you, everyone, for joining. And we just have a short, brief announcements before you leave. So, But before that, I just want to thank everyone who joined through Zoom and through YouTube live stream as well. We really appreciate your presence. So just a final few announcements. We have usual church starting tomorrow. And it starts at the church service starts at 9.30 a.m. We have inverse. Um, Bible in verse and we have young adult Bible study which is starting from 10 15 a.m onwards um, we have a new spin-off from gospel music cafe which starts this Sunday called gospel music Sundays and it's there every other Sunday from 7 to 7 30 p.m on Instagram live feed British and global gospel artist so head on to Instagram if you want more information regarding gospel music um, cafe and the youth zoom link will be open from 2 30 to 3 30 p.m tomorrow afternoon for some time to catch up with everyone and for those in the youth virtual choir don't forget practice tomorrow late afternoon so that's with all our main announcements please do stay in touch with us follow us in facebook instagram twitter stay in touch with us and i'll see you all for tomorrow's service thank you for joining and wish you all a happy sabbath happy sabbath see you later, everyone see you bye nathan bye. Bye.